What's up, Jason? How you doing? <laughs> doing good, bro. How are you? Pretty good, man. Um, so I don't know how to start this, but sounds like this is the first episode of the ALC podcast. Is that about right? That's right. Um, it's episode one, so I guess we should we should introduce ourselves. Starting with you, bro. Starting with me. Okay. Well, I'm Jason. Uh, automotive extraordinaire. Been working on cars my entire life. Um, automotive technician, you know, Universal Technical Institute, Coal 9, Dealership Tech, Mini Cooper, now into Subaru. Uh, really all things cars kind of excite me. Um, you know, mainly, uh, I think what really gets me going is the you know, technology of it all. I really love, uh, you know, the gadgets of automobiles, the things that make, you know, everything else tick. Um, so that's sort of what does it for me. What, what's, uh, what's your background? <clears throat> well, what's interesting to hear is you went to UTI, I didn't know, bro. Wait, what campus? Uh, so Exton, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, oh shit. Yeah, that's how I knew you were from Baltimore. In case anybody's listening, <laughs> you can hear the accent from a mile away on this guy. That's not uh, yeah, I'm still I'm still listening for it, bro. <laughs> but uh, but I actually had a friend that went to PA and he dropped out. He said it was, PA is very boring campus there. Uh, what do you, what do you, well, I mean the town's boring. Exton's kind of rough. I mean not rough in the sense like it's a hard town. It's just like not really much out there. It's a uh, it's kind of like the suburbs of, of uh, like outside of Philadelphia. That's the that's the campus that has a super right in their Toyota program. Uh, yeah, 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 they have a super there, they've got a dyno, I mean, I think all the campuses have a dyno, but they've got a, they've got a dyno room, like, in same power performance class, like, it's pretty straightforward, I think, I think it's pretty cookie cutter, is any of the other campuses different? Um, I actually toured the, the PA campus, uh, I don't know, did they have the street, the street rod program when you were in there? Because I think they removed that at this point. Yeah, no, they did, they were part of the, like, the last, one of the last classes was, uh, it was the, uh, like the, the tea bucket class where they had you build a three yeah. and you drop it in the tea bucket. And the nitrous? Did you guys do that? Yeah, you just spray the hell out of it. <laughs> and that was, that was great because, like, it was, you know, you get, like, they ended up pairing, like, the three guys that, like, nobody wanted to be with together. And so the last, you know, three guys would always, like, put together this, like, crap yard 350 that would barely spin it. <laughs> they'd throw it on the dyno and spray it with a 50 shot and then just send a rod through the block. <laughs> Luckily, those things are, like, 14 bucks, so I don't think anybody really cared that much. And then we had a uh, we had a Turbo Civic there, and you got to part of the class was learning how to use a boost controller. Um, they had a Apexy, I think it was a Profect B or something like that. And it was, you know, the 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 <laughs> the, the learning program was to dial in zero pounds of boost to teach you to run off spring, and then 12 pounds and like. 30 or 15 pounds or something like, you know, arbitrary number above it. And then just the idea was just to give you an idea how boost controllers work. Well, the teacher, you know, didn't really care too much. And so, I, you know, I asked him how much we could turn it up to. And he said, I don't care. And so we just turned it off and just ran <laughs> the moon. Bold move. Yeah, it survived, but it made some weird numbers on the dyno. So this is pulling all the timing out. But, um... So what did you go to any of the aftermarket programs after that? Well, no. Well, I did. Well, I did the same program, and then I went to the Nissan program after that. But I went to I went to the uh, Houston campus. 
That's where we ended up going with my brother. Oh, okay. And then what made you jump to Subaru? Um. Well, honestly, I just love, I've always loved Subarus. So after working at Nissan for a couple of years, I I finally made the jump just because the Nissan dealer was so far. There was a Subaru dealer hiring close by, and I decided that it was now or never. I I should make the switch before it gets too late. And then you're fully trained. You did all the factory training. No, no, I have se I have seven classes left before I'm fully trained, but. And then, how does that work? Do they send you to the classes, or are you like, like when do you go? Like you just like get an email and they say, hey, you're going, or how does that work? Yeah, basically, basically they just uh, it's up to the service manager to approve your training, but Subaru will pluck you in there, and you just kind of it's kind of a surprise, pleasant Wait, so, surprise so usually. So Subaru, Subaru makes the shot. Sometimes the instructors will will pluck you in there, but other if they don't, then it's up to the manager to put you into the classes usually they'll get a list they'll see when at the beginning towards the beginning of the year um they'll sign everybody up for their classes or if they see an opening later on because somebody else dropped then they'll plug you in if they can but yeah, that's how that's how it usually works i know because when i was in the dc training center the uh, instructor told us that he would sometimes plug guys in if there was room just from random dealerships and whether or not the uh service manager before he even talked to him he would just kind of see what would happen and they being Subaru, right? So yeah, the instructors get to pluck you guys in if you oh, want. That's cool. That's why if you if you need classes, you can talk to them and he'll try to put you in there. Really? Yeah. I wonder why they do it that way. Because BMW and Mini, because um, that, that was a program I went to after UTI, I went into Mini. Um, the way Mini does it, if you don't go straight through the STEP program, same with BMW, is uh, they will... You know, it's all service manager-led, so it's the service manager's job to meet what's called the CORA and, I guess, DORA requirements, uh, which is just the, you know, it's, it's their job to maintain a certain level of technicians. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's only designed to be, like, you have to hit this many certified level ones. I don't think it's as intricate as, like, you need to have this level twos and this many level threes, but um, it's definitely a service manager's job, which I, I guess I makes a little bit more sense i'm not really sure but either way they you know you, everybody gets sent eventually um it's well that's good so i tried to get in with bmw dealership before and they said that i needed training which confused me because i don't understand how they're going to hire somebody if you don't have the training to begin with and how you, how they expect you to have the training well i don't know i think it sounds like they're just trying to say something because they didn't have a spot or you know what i mean who knows they're just going to say random stuff like that I mean, maybe maybe their point was was that they needed somebody with, at the moment with training. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. Like they like they had enough entry level guys, and they needed somebody that was completely, uh, fully trained up, and they just didn't explain themselves very well. Um, but what uh, so what what I mean, what's been the the main thing about Subaru you like the most? Cars, bro. WRX, um, leading the pack. You know, they have it's always been on everybody's radar. I think. Um, it's always been one of my favorites. When I think of Subaru, I just think it's a cool brand. I always have. And, I mean, I'm, these days I'm more towards, I'm more of a Forester guy, but. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> For those listening, he has a, what is it, a 98? It's 98, Forester, yeah. Damn, I Manual. Um, I'm still learning. Just slammed on the ground on coilovers? Yeah, some cheap Aren't coilovers. Show people about the, the experience you'd have with your coilovers. <laughs> yeah, so. It's these e eBay coilovers, real cheap, 200 bucks. You know, can't complain. Even when they break, I had the uh, right front 
slowly break, um, slowly leaning in, and I had, had to, <laughs> I had to ask myself if the uh, if if I had that camera set up that way, and so at, when I realized that, that something was definitely wrong, like oh, this was on a Friday, and so I said I'd hold out. Um, I'm so gonna take it. Going? Yeah, I said, I said something's not right, but I worked Monday. I'll I'll get to the bottom of this Monday. Yeah. And then I'll, as I'm on my way to work Monday, I, I go to the gas station. I, I I pull. I drove past work to this gas station to get some some bangs to get me through the day. And then I, and then first, well, first of all, I see this guy walking past my car, and he's got this fucking smirk on his face, and I'm I'm thinking to myself like, when you never seen a slam car before, bro? Like, <laughs> keep walking. <laughs> so I get my bangs and I walk. I walk from the gas station back to my car and I shit a brick because of the fucking <laughs> the fucking struts all the way in. It's obviously broken. So how I did just... you get into the dealership? Because I came into work one day and I didn't really know. I was still new, so I see this like Forester and I'm just like, this thing's got five degrees of negative cancer. <laughs> it's it's no exaggeration either. Well, I, when I got in the car, I just put my man pants on and I just fucking prayed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drove that. I drove it about. What is it? You drove it with that like that? Yeah, dude. What did it sound like? Scary as fuck. Made some weird, like <laughs> some rubbing sound the whole way. Got real bad if I was turning. How long of a drive was it? Man, it felt like an hour, but it, I think it was like five minutes. Oh, so you okay? So you were pretty close to work then? Oh yeah, it's that wobble up the street, not far at all, dude. Okay, okay, okay. So no highway driving. No, actually, no, I never go on the highway. And so when you had that experience, you went, um, you know, you were like, this is dangerous, I'm going to go ahead and put really nice coilovers on, right? Hell yeah, if you call eBay, coilovers <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, my, my, my thought process was more like, uh... Now I got spares? <laughs> yeah. Well, I emailed the guy, the coilovers are 200 bucks, and it's, the, being the, the uh, frugal guy I am, I emailed the guy, I asked if I could just buy one. <laughs> but, you know, maybe I could break this down, $50. <laughs> Let me get one coil over fifty dollars, bro. And uh, now he emailed me back and said, "I can get one, and, but I, it'll be shipped from China. It'll take a couple weeks." And uh, I think it was like uh, one forty or something, or I could buy the set for one eighty, and I'll get it like in in a week or two. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I contemplated forty bucks. Forty bucks. You can do a lot for forty bucks these days. <laughs> no, you really can't. But I, you know, obviously, I made the decision to buy four. Yeah. You know, I, I haven't had bad experience with the eBay stuff. I think what's, you know, what's interesting. I, I was having this conversation uh, not too long ago with somebody. It might it might have been, uh, I think it might have been Levi, but I don't remember. But um, basically, you know, e eBay. When people refer to eBay, they're essentially referring to it as China, right? China racing, as they call it. And on a lot of the products, they're catching up. I mean, eBay or China, for that matter, is replicating and you know in, in the beginning there's a learning curve and so you get a lot of the the garbage quality and don't get me wrong even even the stuff that they've already figured out the quality is garbage specifically like you know the coilovers are a perfect example they use sub-quality steel so often you know on heavy heavy load issues they'll, they'll or like when you slam it because you've got three inches of suspension travel or, or less and so any bumps are going through the shock body which means you're just tearing into the metal but on on you know on a regular ride height, like if you wrote if you raised it up and drove around at um, you know at, at full full travel, it'd probably be okay. And, and same with like you know the, the turbochargers and a lot of the intercoolers, like the stuff is catching up. And so you know it, 
everybody wants to have you know the, the nicest stuff on their car but you got to ask yourself like at what point am i willing to spend you know the extra 80% premium to drive around with name brand stuff as opposed to just having you know more of the things you need to make the car work right you know whether that's an intercooler or a turbocharger like you know I mean, I've experimented with all of it cuz I'm you know cheap as hell when it comes to my my race cars but you know, anything that doesn't work doesn't stay on the car for very long. But you know, I've, I've tried. Uh, you know, the intercoolers seem to be working fine. The turbochargers mm -hmm. seem to be working fine. Now, I I tried the injectors. They make a set where there are eBay China Racing injectors. Stay, stay away from those. Those, <laughs> <laughs> those I, I put those in, and the car just went to hell. And I was like, okay. And I mean, anything that's like critical, you know what I mean? Like, you know, intercoolers. Yeah, Although I have heard of like you know some of the architecture on the inside of the intercoolers like they'll look nice on the outside and you like if you were to cut the end tanks off there's just like slag all over the inside of the welds and so like stuff like that will be dangerous like you catch a piece of like rod in your in your valves and it'll chew it up but I don't know I mean it, it, it the, the 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 question is still out on whether a lot of that stuff and and I guess you show up anywhere like to a, like a serious place, like a track or something with the eBay parts, they're gonna laugh you off the track and tell you to go home. Like you show up with the eBay racing, you know, struts and shocks. Oh, I guess it depends on the track, right? Cause like you go to some of these like, you know, some of like these like smaller tracks and they don't care. They, there's no tech in whatsoever. They just, you know, send it. So, I don't know. Um, so other than that, what uh, what's the plan? Are you just gonna keep it the way it is or just daily drive it until you get something better? Yeah, well, it's, I bought it for five hundred dollars. Um, it's a shit car. box. Yeah, the whole car. It was already slammed on the. Uh, well, it wasn't slammed quite. It wasn't as low as it is now, but it was. Uh, had a lot of problems when I bought it. Um, it's the way I like them. You know, buy them dirt cheap. Just kind of, not really fix them. Kind of band-aid them <laughs> for yeah. for a couple years, and then just kind of get a new one. Yeah. So that's basically the plan. Just. I'll probably buy a new one if I find something interesting, and I'll, I'll right. pick it up and I'll retire the old guy. Yeah. Probably sell him to some sucker, but yeah, <laughs> yeah for uh, to get my five hundred dollars back and then. Well, I mean, it's, I don't know if they're a sucker at that point. Like for five hundred dollars, right? Like you, you, somebody gets a car for five hundred dollars, the thing runs. You know what I mean? At that yeah. Point, you're not ripping anybody off at any point if the thing moves. You know, so. Um. Well, cool. I mean, that that's basically you know who we are, and our general ethos, if you will. Um, I don't know. I guess the you know as a pilot, or at least the test for this thing, um, it sounds like the vision, right, is to you know generate you know interest in in the automotive field, whether it's you know education. Because I know that's a big thing. What you're trying to, to get off the ground is is a uh, you know, help help bring automotive education into the 21st century. Um, I mean, why don't, why, don't, why don't you speak a little bit on that, like what your vision is about what, what you think the automotive industry is lacking as far as education is concerned. Yeah, so, it, so in 2019, you know, being that it's 2019 now, um, we've seen a lot of technology just come out of seemingly nowhere, just some random stuff, and it's coming up quick too. I mean, we've got eyesight now. Um, and some stuff in the pipes, in the pipeline, like uh, the AR windows or windscreens, like people like Porsche are coming out with. What's an AR windscreen? So it's like a smart screen. The whole windshield is a smart screen. Oh, okay. um, yeah, and it'll actually 
so if somebody is walking across, it'll kind of highlight them in like red or bring something to bring it to your attention. Right. Um, that kind of thing is in the works. Uh, but the thing is, even with stuff that's less advanced, the uh, while the manufacturers are getting trained, the guys in the aftermarket aren't. Um, and if they were trained at one point, then eventually years down the road, without any continued training, then they still fall behind. So, so I think that's a big problem in the automotive repair industry. Um, and anyway, yeah, we're looking to solve that with Automotive Learning Center. And you told me something uh, I thought was pretty interesting earlier. Is that when, when we started talking about what your your vision was, was that the you know the any sort of training for automotive is mainly uh, dealership motivated and brand specific. And you know, I, I, I think a lot of technicians would say that there isn't necessarily something that needs to be done classroom wise, and that the, the vast majority of learning is best done you know on the shop floor. And, and while I think a lot of that's true, I think you you know I think anybody that's worked in a dealership long enough knows that there's a certain amount of, there's, there's a gap, you know, there's a gap between guys that figure out how to take things off and put them on, and then there's a guys that truly understand what's going on, you know, under the hood and, and inside a car, and, and, you know, there's always going to be a separation of people, and that's okay, I mean, it's just, that's anything, you know what I mean, this, this, this job's really good at, you know, finding ways for everybody to have a spot, whether it's changing oil or diagnosing electrical, but it, it sounds like you know, what holds a lot of people back, at least outside of a dealership environment, is a lack of specialized training. And I think you're, you're, you hit the nail on the head that if there was a better way to give people an education, whether it's, you know, through something like this or a podcast or, you know, a classroom environment or, or anything, you know, the, the more you provide for people uh, with the opportunity to learn, I, I think people will generally gravitate towards that. So... Uh, I, I thought that was pretty smart. That's sort of why I'm here is because I, I like the idea and I think it's uh, got potential. Well, I well I think, well, yeah. Just to touch on what you're saying, the, I've always thought there was a difference between the guys that kind of had formal training and the guys that haven't. Um, not to not to you know talk trash about anybody that hasn't had formal training doing this job. I've met a lot of good guys that kind of taught themselves. Um, and you can you can teach yourself, you know, if you're motivated, if you're if you want to learn. Um, but it's going to be a lot harder for you to kind of get to that level um, because because of all the work that you have to do, do yourself. Um, whereas formal training will kind of make sure you get there. Um, if you go in there, if you go into a shop without any formal training, then you kind of have to you know, make sure that you get there yourself um, and hold yourself accountable. Um, and I actually talk about that. I, I published a book a long time ago. Well, a few years ago. It's... Um, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. You can find it on you, you can find it on Google, um, Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Noble. What's but a technician's guide uh, to accelerating in the auto repair industry. And that's actually that's actually the reason I visited the uh, PA campus. I talked to the uh, principal down there, the dean, um, about getting it in there. But well, I guess it's a story for another time. <laughs> but yeah, so so that's why. Um, the, the other thing though about formal training is it's so expensive, and I can see why guys don't want to do it. Right. And so that's the other kind of reason to bring Automotive Learning Center out there um, to just offer something affordable to the guys that, you know, that want to be in here, want to learn, but, 
don't want to spend 40000 or 20000 for UTI and, and they complain about it. Afterwards, it's hard to justify. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think you're absolutely right, too. And when you look at, it's not, this isn't new, you know, I mean, there's lots of automotive centers. And, you know, your, your local community colleges and a lot all tend to have programs that are really uh, helpful. And, and so it's not necessarily, like, it sounds like you're trying to do, you know, you know, reinvent the wheel, but it's just another option for people that maybe will be a little bit more prevalent to uh, the newer stuff as opposed to, you know, you could, you could take a class at a community college and you might be working on, like, a 97, like, Camaro. Yeah, there's a lot... It's, what they, it's just a funding thing. I, I think... I, I feel like there's a lot more people nowadays going to colleges rather than the trade schools for, yeah. the, for the automotive programs. Yeah, and, and it's not necessarily a bad choice. And, oh, no, it's like, a great choice. You know, UTI, you know, and I, and I think it's a lot of flack, um, and, and I don't think it's fair because, you know, I... I you know, I, I'm, I'm living proof that... Um, not that I did anything special, but if you if you play the game correctly and you listen to what they have to say and, and you work with, with the confines of, of their program, there are opportunities to get ahead quickly. And and you know, it's it's not a lie about the kind of money that they say you can make. You just you can't like anything else, you have to put the work in and uh, so I mean there's a you know, there's a, there's a foot for every shoe for lack of a better term. It's just a matter of uh, it's just figuring it out, doing the homework, and seeing what works best for you. So, um, okay. Well, I mean, I guess that sounds like a pretty good introduction. I, I think, uh, you know, moving forward, you know, I, I, I guess what, what I'd like out of this is to, you know, obviously speak more about education. But, um, you know, I, I look forward to uh, working, you know, or, or talking to maybe some industry professionals and, uh you know, really get into the technology side of things. I'd, I'd like to maybe, you know, start looking into, you know, what's out there, what's new, and just spend some time going over it and and, and see if there's any response from from the community about, uh, you know, just, just what, what we, you know, what excites me and see if anybody, you know, can reciprocate that kind of thing. And um, I don't know. I, I I'm, I'm excited to just move forward. And then, so what? What? Uh, I mean, what are your goals? What do you? What do you? What do you want to see out of this thing? Uh, yeah, I just, just kind of want to get, you know, get in touch with the community, be able to kind of get into their heads and make sure that you know what we're talking about is something that they're interested in. Um, and talk about keep everybody updated with kind of like things that they should know if they're in this industry. Um, yeah, just have fun with it. All right, well, that uh, wraps that up. So take it easy, and uh, we'll see you again. Thanks, guys.